In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the Coptic month, Hatur. And as you know, for the readings of Sunday, each month has a theme. Toward the first Coptic month in the Coptic year, the theme is about the love of God. Second month, Baba, the theme is about the power of God. Third month, Hatur, the theme is about the generosity and the gifts of God. The first week from the parable of the sower, the message that God gave us his word. The seeds represent the word of God. So God gave us his word. Last week, the second week, also through the same parable, God gave us to be fruitful through the word. So when we keep the word of God in our life, we will be fruitful. But the word, like the seed, the seed needs farmer in order to bear fruit. So the seed does not just bring fruits unless there is a farmer taking care of the seed. And who is the farmer here? It's God. So on the third Sunday, the church is teaching us about the leadership of God. He is our farmer. And he chose us to be his disciples. He is leading us in the way of the kingdom of heaven. And we follow him because he is our leader. Then, next Sunday, he gave us the inheritance of the kingdom of God through the story of the rich man. So he gave us the word, gave us the ability to be fruitful, gave us the leadership, and we become his disciples. All of this in order to inherit the kingdom of God the inheritance of eternal life. So that is the theme of the Coptic month, Hatur. It starts the story of today from Luke chapter 15, 14, that great multitudes went with him. Then he turned and said to them, if anyone comes after me and does not hate his father, mother, etc., and he mentioned three requirements of following the Lord Jesus Christ or to be his disciples. And this actually stirs a very important question. Whether Christ and Christianity in general is inclusive or exclusive, Meaning what? 
Inclusive means come, follow me, regardless what are your belief system, regardless how you conduct yourself, regardless of your behavior, just come and follow me. I accept everyone. There is no conditions. Come as you are. Yes, the door of the church is open for everyone. But you need to follow the requirements of the discipleship. The door is open for everyone, but to transform and to change you to be a salt with flavor. Because if the salt lost its flavor, how can be used? How shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the, for the dunghill. But men throw it out. We are salt. But the salt has certain characteristics. If the salt lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? If we Christians lost our flavor as Christian, and you, can, you cannot differentiate between us and the children of the world, then, as the Lord said, it is neither fit for the land nor for the dung hill, but men throw it out. Christianity is not inclusive. Christianity is exclusive. The Lord was not happy with the great multitude that followed him. Of course, you want everybody to be saved. But he told them, do you understand the requirement to follow me? There was great multitude. He did not think how to keep them because he was not after the number. But he thought how to transform them. So he told them, I'm happy that you are following me, but there are requirements for the discipleship. You need to count the cost. It's a privilege to be a disciple of God. It is honor, it is glory to be children of God. But with this privilege, there is a cost. You need actually to count the cost well and to see whether you can follow the Lord as your leader and you be his disciple or not. Because many people, they don't understand this principle. And they say, come as you are. No need to do any changes in your life. No need to change your behavior. No need to change your belief system. If you believe in this or in that, that's fine. 
You can believe whatever you want to believe. You can conduct yourself in whatever way. But no. Christ wants his people to be unique. His disciples to reflect the kingdom of heaven. That's why he told us to not be conformed through the mouth of St. Paul. Do not be conformed to be to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. God wants us to have a new mind, not the mind of the world, the mind of Christ. You are the salt of the earth. You are the uh, light of the world. I like to explain something here in Arabic because it's confusing a little bit in Arabic. في إنجيل النهاردة لما ربنا بيقول أنتم ملح الأرض إذا فسد الملح فماذا يملح لا يصلح بعد بشيء ولا لمزبلة ولا لمزبلة. فأنا الجملة دي كانت مدقانة شوية. طب إحنا أي حاجة بتبوظ بنرميها في الزبالة. يعني إيه الملح لا يصلح لمزبلة طب ما هي ترمي في الزبالة وخلاص بس الحقيقة يعني أنا ما فهمتش الآية دي غير لما قريتها بالإنجليزي إحنا في اللغة العربية بنلخبط ما بين كلمتين ما بين كلمة القمامة وكلمة الزبالة الزبالة مش معناها التراش الزبالة جاية من كلمة زبل الزبل اللي هو المخلفات بتاعت الطيور فالزبالة اللي هي المخلفات بتاعت الطيور دي كانوا بيجمعوها لأنها بتتعمل سنات وعلشان يزود القدرة بتاعتها أنها تبقى سنات ويبقى فيه قوة بتاعت الفرتلايزيشن تبقى قوية كانوا يرشوا عليه ملح يرش عليه ملح فالملح بيزود الـ الـ القدرة بتاعت الإخصاب بتاعت السماد فلما ربنا بيقول يصرح بعد المزبلة يعني هيفقد قدرته حتى انه يأثر على المخلفات بتاعت الطيور دي علشان يخليها تبقى سماد قوي يسمد الأرض بطريقة قوي شكرا بالإنجليزي سماها دنج هيل الدنج اللي هو الراوث والمخلفات بتاعت الطيور والمهام فبس أنا حبيت أشرح حكاية دي إحنا في اللغة العامية بتاعتنا بنقول على التراش زبالة لكن هي حقيقة يعني من جهة الدقة هي مش التراش ده مش الزبالة التراش هو القمامة إنما الزبالة تطلق فقط على اللي هو المخلفات بتاعت المهام بس حبيت أشرح الحتة دي عشان أنا كيف عملالي مشكلة يعني إيه لا يصرح بعد المزبلة ما هو أي حاجة بنرميها في الزبالة بس لما فهمت كيف فرق بين الزبالة والقمامة حلت المشكلة بس حبيت أشرحها So going back you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world you need to be unique if you are conformed to the world then 
you are losing your flavor. This person has no need, cannot, uh, it's nicer fit for the land nor for the dunghill. So the Lord made three requirements for discipleship. And he told us, you need to sit down and to calculate the cost. Like if you are building a tower, sit down first and see, do you have enough money to build the tower or not? Now you want to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. Count the cost. Are you willing to follow these three requirements or not? If you are going into a war and you have 10,000, but your enemy, 20,000. Are you going to go to this war or make reconciliation and peace treaty with your enemy? So, who is the enemy here? It is Satan. So that the Lord wants us to still to have to send a delegation and ask condition of peace with our enemy, with Satan? Definitely not. But the message here: you have ten thousand, and your enemy Satan has twenty thousand, which means we are weaker than Satan. So any war, any fight between us and Satan, Satan will win. That's why the children of the world, what did they do? They make peace with Satan. They ask for conditions of peace in order to be allies to each other. But we have another way. If we become true disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ, then, yes, I am weaker than Satan. But if Christ is me, if I am a disciple of Christ, then Christ plus me are stronger than Satan, and we can defeat Satan. So the Lord is not asking us to make peace treaty with Satan, no. He told us, be my disciple, follow me. I will empower you. I will strengthen you. Then you will be able to defeat Satan. What are these three requirements? The first one is self-denial. There is one word that bothered many when the Lord said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. The word hate here doesn't mean the hatred, the opposite of love. Because God told us, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor, love your enemy. So definitely he is not teaching us to hate 
our parents or our siblings or our spouses or our children or ourselves. Actually, he said, love your neighbor as yourself, which implies you love yourself also. But the word hate here, according to the understanding of the world, when you do certain actions, the world will label this as hatred. For example, when a person leaves everything and follow Christ, like the disciples, Peter said to the Lord, we left everything and we followed you. The world will interpret this. He hated his family, he hated his parents, his children. But no. Because the love to God is actually above and beyond any other love. I'm sure all of you know the story of Saint Damiana and the story of Mother Dulagi and the story of uh, Juliette and her son Kyriakos and the story of Saint Rebecca. All of these people offered their children as a sacrifice. Saint Damiana wanted her father to die for the name of Christ rather than to be a governor and deny Christ. The world, when he sees all these actions, may say it's hatred. How a mother like Saint Dulagi offer her four children as a sacrifice to Christ. She did not offer them, but during the time of martyrdom, they killed her four children in front of her eyes, on her knees. But she was supporting them, encouraging them to die for the name of Christ. And after they killed her four children, they killed her. The same happened with uh, Saint Rebecca. So what actually the world may consider it hatred, Uh, and the world cannot understand it, is actually the true love to our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes, when our parents or our children or our spouses or our friends, our siblings, start to deny Christ, following false beliefs, for example, under the notion of love, we support them. Then the person cannot be a disciple of Christ. Because to be a disciple of Christ, you need to love God above anybody else. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, and yes, his own life, he cannot be my disciple. I remember when I turned in my resignation to go to the monastery, uh, the head of the department told me, what are you doing? 
or you're turning in your resignation to go and live in a desert doing nothing away from the whole world. Then he told me, it's either you are out of your mind or it is something supernatural I don't understand. I told him it is the second one. It is supernatural calling. But the world cannot understand how a young man in his 20s turned his resignation in order actually to live in a desert, away from everything, away from the pleasures of the world. And until now, we see many, many wonderful young men and women leave everything just to follow Christ and to be his disciples, either in monastic life or in consecration, any type of consecration. Uh, the second requirement, he said, I am not promising you a good uh, life according to the standards of the world. I'm not promising you life free from hardships or tribulations. I'm not promising you good money. I'm not promising you high prestige. I'm not promising you any of these things. Usually, the world here, in order to tempt you, they will tell you, you will have good salary, you will have um, good living. So they are tempting you. Nobody actually wants to do marketing for a job and will tell you, you will face many hardships. But the Lord's second requirement told us, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Cross means you will enter through a narrow gate. Cross means you will walk a difficult way. Cross means you will be with the minority because the majority enter from the wide gate and walk in the broad way. Cross means you will discipline your body and bring it into subjection. Cross means you will be hated by the world and the world will oppose you. Cross means that you will suffer for the name of Christ. So that is the second requirement. To endure pain. To endure suffering for the name of Christ. Is it sadistic? No. But that is the road to glory. You cannot have the glory of resurrection unless you suffer with Christ first. If we suffer with him, we'll be glorified with him. Some people want to follow Christ, but with no suffering, with no cross. It doesn't work in this way. If you want to be a disciple, follow his footsteps. He went to the cross. He died on the cross. Then he rose on the third day. In order to participate in his resurrection, you need to follow 
his steps to the cross. Some people want to uh, preach Christianity that has no suffering, that has no cross. This is not Christianity. This is not Christianity. And the third requirement, as he said, um, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. So this requirement is about where is your trust? Where is your confidence? Is it in God or on what you have? Maybe you have money. Maybe you have connections. Maybe you have relationships. Maybe you have power, physical power. So whom you trust? If you trust anything other than God, then God cannot, cannot work with you. In order to be a true disciple, you should not trust anything except the God. Yes, we may use these things. There is a big difference between using and trusting. You may use your money, your connection, your relationship. But the trust and the confidence is only in God. So today he is telling us, I am your leader. And as a leader, this is the road map to the inheritance of eternal life as we'll hear next week. You need actually to decide, do you want to follow me or not? Do you want to be my disciple or not? Am I your priority other than any relationship? Are you willing to carry your cross and follow me? Whom you are trusting? Do you trust me to follow me? Do you trust me enough to follow me and to follow my road map? or you trust the world. Count the cost. And if you want to be Christian, Christian means a disciple of Christ. So if you want to be a disciple of Christ, if you want to be a Christian, a true Christian, then you need to fulfill these three requirements. Let us dedicate this liturgy to ask God to transform our heart to renew our mind in order to follow his teaching, to follow his example, to follow his leadership, to follow his guidance, to follow his instruction, to be true disciples of the Lord. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.